All right, we're going to bring Mick West in right now. Huge thank you for coming on, Mick. Yeah, glad to be here, Sean. Would you like to tell the viewers a little bit about yourself, please? Well, yes, I am a retired video game programmer. Uh, I... I did video games back in the uh, the 2000s. I worked on the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater video game and uh, retired uh, a few years after that. And I've just been following my interests since then. And one of those interests is kind of investigating conspiracy theories and strange claims. So I've done a bunch of uh, kind of debunking of conspiracy theories like chemtrails and stuff like that. And I've recently got really interested in looking into uh, UFOs, like investigating UFO videos, trying to figure out what they show. And uh, I've, I've been doing that for a while. And, you know, that includes looking at uh, claims of UFOs and strange happenings at Skinwalker Ranch. Did you ever look at the Arizona lights? Because I was there when that happened. Which, the, the Phoenix lights? Phoenix lights, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I haven't really looked into them that much because I, I tend to prefer like the more recent cases, and I think like the older cases have kind of been picked over, and there's not a lot you can do with them. And also, you know, with the passage of time, people's memories kind of degrade. And of course, video back then wasn't very good uh, either. So yeah, I, I spend more time looking at the more recent ones that have better video evidence usually. So, what's your take on Skinwalker then? Uh, Skinwalker, I think, is something that people hope that there's something there. They think that there is some kind of supernatural event going on, there's some kind of supernatural situation. Yeah, Skinwalker, for people who don't know, is it's a ranch in Utah, and it was famously acquired by a, a millionaire property developer, Robert Bigelow, as part of his research into essentially the supernatural. He was trying to figure out things like ghosts and UFOs and, and other, other things like that. And he became convinced that there was something going on there. Uh, I'm, not sure why. I'm not sure why. You know, People told him some, some stories that sounded cool, but there wasn't very much evidence. And then he went there and tried to find ghosts and you know, kind of failed. And now someone else has kind of taken up the reins and they're... They're doing a, moving along in a similar trajectory. There's a lot of claims, but there's very little evidence. Just as a sidetrack, we're going to get into this more, but one of the viewers has sent in a question. Um, what is your take on the Las Vegas UFO? <laughs> the Las Vegas UFO. I think you know, it's... I mean, this is the one where the guy saw an eight-foot alien in his backyard. Uh, and I think, essentially, it's a hoax. Uh, kind of grew out of something that actually happened. You know, we know that there was a meteorite that streaked across the sky at that time, and we know that that's what it was. It was visible from miles around. It was nothing to do with Las Vegas. It probably landed somewhere like hundreds of miles away in the desert. People saw it from, from Utah. And then on the same night, the police got a call from a guy who's, who thought that he saw something in his backyard, and he interpreted what he saw as being being aliens it was probably something like you know a burglar or a uh, uh some kind of wild, wildlife like uh coyote or something but then this story grew and then I, I think he realized he could make some attention get some attention from this and started kind of perhaps embellishing the story a little bit and again like it's one of those cases where people want it to be true it's an amazing amount of attention has been devoted to this las vegas story for such a ridiculous story which is obviously you know nonsense and there's nothing to support it so i think there's nothing there but people want there's something to be there do you think there could ever be something there mick oh sure i doubt very much it's going to be like eight foot tall aliens in somebody's backyard 
That doesn't seem like the first way that aliens are going to make contact, you know, accidentally crashing their ship into someone's backyard. But I'm sure that there are things out there in the universe. I'm sure there's intelligent life somewhere out in the universe. I, I just don't see any good evidence that it's actually here yet or even anywhere nearby in the universe. But I'm pretty hopeful that at some point we will detect intelligent life out there in the, in the, in the universe. Do you think over infinite time there could have been all kinds of life out there? Yeah, well, we haven't had infinite time. We've had like 12 billion years or so, and I think perhaps like 8 billion years where we've had like life possible forming planets, but that's a long time. You know, life on, on this planet hasn't really existed that long. So it's certainly possible that you know, civilizations have risen and fallen uh, many, many times throughout the universe. You know, the problem with that is that they're probably, even if a civilization lasts a million years, that's kind of a blink of the eye in terms of the universe. So the likelihood of it coinciding with us and being close enough to us to get here is unfortunately not very likely. So visitors don't seem likely, but I think being able to de detect that life exists or existed out in the universe is probably the more likely thing that will happen. What about civilizations, civilizations rising and falling on Earth? Well, that's kind of an interesting thing because you know, you'd expect to find some, some significant evidence of that. And some people point to things like anomalies and constructions of old bits of uh, uh, buildings and things like that as possible indicators, but they're not very good ones. Usually you can find an explanation for them. But it's possible that there was a civilization that existed and there was some kind of cataclysm that wiped it out and removed all the evidence, essentially. So you know, I wouldn't entirely rule it out, but... The, the, the absolute lack of good evidence is a, a pretty strong indication that we were the first civilization, humanity. What's your take on the story of Atlantis? Uh, I think it's a, a fable. You know, it was kind of invented, uh, was it Plato? Not Plato, I can't remember. Aristotle, I think, he came up with it. Somebody, you know, one of the old guys came up with it. And, you know, they may have been talking about a real island somewhere in, in the Mediterranean, like, you know, Sicily or some vol volcanic island or something like that. Or it may have just been a, a tall tale brought back by sailors. But again, we don't really have any good evidence that it actually existed or exists now. Got a few more questions coming from the viewers. This is from Made for Streets. Does location have something to do with the strange things happening? I think that might be referring back to Skinwalker. Well, I mean, I guess it, it could do. Uh, it depends what these strange things actually are. You know, there are certain places where people report seeing things like certain lights in the sky that could be related, you know, theoretically, to, to things that are going on. You know, there's the, the famous joke about all UFOs are swamp gas. But there are actually some natural events that cause like lights in the sky, like the will o' the wisp is type of uh, you know kind of burning methane type thing. And then there's 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 other things like uh, just the location of a of say the Mesa, a Skinwalker Ranch, uh, is positioned in such a way that it can occasionally catch the headlights of cars that are miles away. Now you're out in the desert, super dark. There's no streetlights or anything out there. So if you just happen to see like the lights of a distant car, uh, like, uh, show up on the, he on, uh, illuminating the Mesa that could convince you that there's something's actually going on. And there's been other locations where that's happened. There are like a, a famous UFO spot they where they would see these lights kind of coming towards them. And they went and they investigated and they found out it was actually the light, the actual headlights of lights, cars in the distance coming towards you, going around a distant bend in the road. And it kind of looked like they were flying up towards you, but it was just car headlights. So yeah, location certainly can create things that seem strange. 
Do you think the consumption of hallucinogenics plays a role in these reported sightings? Well, probably not at Skinwalker Ranch. They all seem like very straight uh, Mormon people, very clean living folk. Uh, so I don't think that's actually going on there. But you know, certainly yeah, that's going to happen. Someone takes some magic mushrooms or some LSD or yeah, some, something that alters your mental state. I mean, even just you know, smoking a joint can alter your perception of reality to such a degree that you can actually uh, think you are seeing things or misinterpret things that you are seeing. Like you could be looking at like Venus. Like Venus looks very bright right now in, in the sky, kind of setting in the, in the northwest. Um, people could mistake that for some kind of weird UFO and then it disappears behind some clouds and they think that there's something going on just because they're a little bit high, maybe even just had too much to drink. But most of the time, you, you don't need that. People misinterpret things or see things uh, without any need for uh, hallucinogenics. Liam Joseph's question. Do you really not think the governments across the world are not controlling the weather? China has confirmed they made it rain in 2022. Well, and there's da- there's <laughs> that's not very impressive. Uh, we made it rain in, I think, 1950. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we've been making it rain ever since. Like, it's not really making it rain. It's, it's augmenting the existing rainfall. So we spray clouds and we make it rain a bit more. So that's not a new thing. But I don't think they're controlling the weather. There's really no evidence of that. It'd be very difficult to do at a large scale. Excuse me. Angela Thompson has asked, will you ask Mick if he'd like to walk on the moon? Who wouldn't like to walk on the moon? I'd love to. Yeah, let's, let's sort it out. I don't think I would take the risk of uh, you know, our current uh, method of getting there. I think I'd wait until it was a little bit safer, which probably would be a little bit too long for me. Uh, but yeah, love to walk on the moon. Question from Jeffrey: Is Jupiter really the bringer of jollity? Joll- jollity. What's the, what's the Jupiter, the, Jupiter the god. Yes, uh, I guess I guess so. But uh, Jupiter the planet? No. Jupiter actually is very important in the solar system, though, because it kind of acts as a shield. As this very big star in a certain position in the solar system, and some people speculate that the existence of Jupiter is why we actually have civilization. Because uh, it allows us to dodge asteroids and incoming you know, space rocks for long enough because they get kind of caught up in Jupiter's mag- uh, gravitational field and they hit Jupiter instead. Uh, so it's kind of <clears throat> one of those things you would look for in a solar system where there might be life is a little little planet closer to the sun and then a great big one that you know, acts as a shield further out. Uh, so we might be in a very lucky place in the universe, which I guess makes Jupiter a... A jolly, a jolly good planet to have. We've got a comment from a detractor of yours. Maybe you can give a rebuttal. <laughs> He's saying, "All oh, you're trying, you're trying to debunk. All you do is try to debunk, but you're totally wrong. Not all cases are equal. We yeah. are definitely not alone. Also, I don't believe any of this is harmful to our humanity." Well, you know, I haven't had like probably the same personal experience that this person has had, so I can't really say, you know, whether that type of thing, that type of experience is real. And But I do treat each individual case individually. You know, there's lots of UFO videos out there, for example. Some of them, like, just they look like hoaxes. It's like, you know, a ridiculous bit of CGI. Some of them are a little bit more sophisticated hoaxes. But most of the ones you see out there are just people seeing something, thinking it's something uh, like a UFO or a alien spaceship or something anomalous and then taking a video of it or, or describing it later and trying to figure out those you know, you have to take, take take each one individually and you have to take everything into account including the eyewitness testimony uh, but unfortunately we haven't really had 
you know, very compelling video evidence of things. And I think I would kind of expect that to happen if there were actually something like visit visiting aliens happening all the time and people seeing them all the time. You just never get them on camera. What about all these recent news stories about the US government having alien either technology or corpses or some kind of interaction? Mm. Well, this is all based on this this new whistleblower who's come forward, David Grush, uh, and and he apparently has testified to Congress about what he has been told. He hasn't actually he wasn't part of this this supposed program. There was supposedly a there supposedly is a program of reverse engineering and crashed alien technology, and supposedly we have like twelve flying saucers, including one in a hangar at Lockheed Martin in the desert, you know, in Area Fifty One or uh, in Colorado Springs or somewhere like that, uh, uh, but. No actual evidence has come forward yet. We've had a few people giving testimony in secret to Congress. We don't know what they said. We know that there's some corroboration between the stories, but we're really waiting for the meat on that one. You know, I want to see public hearings. I'd like to see these witnesses come forward and tell us what they know. I want them to like name names, and I want them to say where these flying saucers are, and then I want Congress to go there and, and have a look and see what's actually in these things. Because, uh, you know, right now we don't really have again we yeah unfortunately this is the big thing in ufology is that it's a lot of talk it's a lot of stories but no real evidence there's a theory that a hg wells style alien invasion could be orchestrated by the government to get more control over the masses have you ever uh, any thoughts on that yeah, it's certainly a theory, but I mean, that would have to kind of tie into some kind of one world government conspiracy theory as well. And you know, what we've seen with the various geopolitical situations around the world is that that doesn't really seem very likely. You know, the idea of an alien invasion is supposed to be something that you would, you would you know, stop the countries fighting and then we'd all work together and we'd all be working against these aliens invasions. And so you'd, you'd be able to exert control over the masses, which sounds good in theory, but I think in practice, you know, the idea of, you know, Russia cooperating with the US and, and China and then all the other countries also like playing into this big hoax, which any one of these countries will be able to expose, doesn't really make any sense. If aliens did get here, wouldn't they have to be so technologically advanced versus us that they would inevitably enslave us well i mean that it kind of implies that they're also going to be kind of evil meanies as well and uh, that's not necessarily true you know you think of like the the universe of star trek we don't know if that's what the future will be like but in in star trek there's a variety of alien races and one of them technologically advanced races is, is humanity and they often go to other planets that are less advanced and they don't enslave them they just observe them and then they wait for them to get to a certain level of technology and before they, they will make contact with them. And in theoretically, that could be what is happening. They haven't enslaved us and apparently they've been here for 50 years. So if the aliens are actually here right now, it doesn't seem like they have bad intentions. It seems like they're just observing if they are actually just here. But if they're not here, doesn't it seem part of the order of nature that things prey on other things uh it does but there's also like lots of uh, relationships in nature that are very mutually beneficial symbiotic relationships where one species like helps out another species and you know they they both benefit from that so i don't think it's something that's naturally part of nature where that actually has to happen of course it does i mean nature is red in tooth and claw and nature is brutal and hard but <clears throat> civilization 
you know, also is often warlike, but civilization is also often good. You know, we, the more developed civilization becomes, the less likely it seems that we are to have war and that we, we are to have things like slavery. You know, we, we actually get better at doing things. Like we used to enslave people, but we've developed more as a civilization and now we don't enslave people. Yeah. So there's, there's progress. And perhaps if a civilization from the stars has progressed even further, they might be even nicer than we are. So you're leaning towards a benevolent alien encounter in the future. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, that would be ideal, but you don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've read like a bunch of science fiction and you know, the idea there is that there's so many different um, possible races and possible ways of civilization ending up. Uh, it's We don't know. We don't know what might happen. We don't know what might arrive in many years' time, if uh, somebody detects our signals and starts coming towards us, they'll arrive here in a number of years, maybe thousands of years, but we don't know what's going to arrive. Yeah, after reading Guns, Germs and Steel, I'm a bit more pessimistic, I'm afraid. <laughs> All right, so next question from the viewer. Anna is wondering, did we really go to the moon or was it faked? I think we went to the moon. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that we actually went to the moon. Uh, one of the bits of evidence is that we left a radar, ref a laser reflector on the moon and you know, anybody sufficiently with a little bit of resources could build a, 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 a laser that would bounce off that and you can detect that it's actually there. And you know, we, there's the vast amount of evidence that we went there, not, not the least of it, is that uh, everybody observed it at the time, like everybody around the world. So the entire world would kind of have to be in on the hoax. Uh, and you can get deep into the weeds, like all the claims that people make that we didn't, you know, like the flag was blowing in the wind, the shadows going the wrong direction, all these things that have traditionally been put forward as evidence, you can get into each one and you can figure out exactly what's going on. You know, the flag blew in the wind because the, the pole is shaking and it's actually hanging from a certain thing. The shadows all work out if you do the math uh, and you can do the simulation of the lighting. I think NVIDIA did a big thing on that. Uh, but, you know, the claims of evidence that we didn't go to the moon all fall down and the claims of evidence that we did all you know work out they all stand up so you know everything points to the fact that uh, we went to the moon question from fred ask about seeding the atmosphere with conducting material for wi-fi uh that is not really a good idea <laughs> uh you know wi-fi Wi-Fi is, is like a local area thing anyway. So you're talking about doing something to the atmosphere to make radio transmissions better. The only place that would really work is in the ionosphere. You wouldn't really want to put things in the, the lower atmosphere because it would just get washed out by the rain anyway. And it wouldn't really do anything. It would probably block things more than anything. You know, what you'd probably want is some kind of reflective layer. But you know, why? I mean, there's no point. There's no. It's one of those things that kind of sounds good when you uh, you say, "Oh, let's like improve the atmosphere so it can Wi-Fi will be better." But you know, it's spraying billions of tons uh, that you'd have to constantly keep replenishing. It's not a practical idea. It probably wouldn't work, and it cause vast amounts of pollution. And you can just Wi-Fi works fine right now. Anna has asked, "What about the firmament?" Mm, the firmament that's uh <laughs> well the firmament is kind of an old christian idea that the the heavens are a solid sphere around us and it kind of ties into the flat earth uh but everything we, we know about observing the universe shows that the firmament isn't there that what we see are stars 
and we can measure certain things like the parallax of stars that shows that they are in fact very very far away and there really isn't such a thing as the firmament and uh, there's really no evidence that there is and again lots of evidence that there isn't so i'm going with the one that has all the evidence do you like to stargaze mick i do i love stargazing i was doing it just the other night uh, when i went out to listen to the fireworks uh, and I, you know, I, I like observing as what I can from me. You know, I'm in Sacramento, so there's like a bit of light pollution. But I like observing, especially like you know, the Venus going across the sky and different positions. And I was looking at the Big Dipper the other night, and it's in a very different position. Uh, like, and it kind of rotates around. It's fun. I love it. What goes through your head when you stargaze? Do you wax philosophical about our <laughs> insignificance? I I do sometimes, yes. Uh, but mostly you know, you're going to get used to it after a while. Yeah, I I know that these these even just looking at things like the moon. You know, you look at the moon and you think, oh, that that's like you know quarter of a million miles away. It's and it's a big ball of rock and it's out there in space. And yet we've been there and you can theoretically get there and back in a in a spaceship now. You know, I'm saying theoretically because we haven't done it for a while. We're going to do it again. There's uh, there's there's plans to do it. But yeah, it's uh, and then you looking at the, the other planets like Venus. That's another little. It's, it's a it's a planet similar to Earth, uh, a bit. It's not really habitable right now, but you know it's a planet. And then Jupiter, and then the things further away, and then the stars, and then other galaxies. It's amazing stuff. <laughs> yeah, I always think of Marcus Aurelius saying that we're like little specks of dust in in the universe we're insignificant yeah but we're um, smaller than that i mean we're we're like specks of dust upon specks of dust at infinitum it's, it's amazing how big it is and how small we are talking about the moon we got a question from expialidocious some say the moon is hollow is it have they mm. been digging with machines on the moon oh well it, it's not hollow and yeah, we kind of know that because if it was hollow uh, first of all it would actually kind of collapse in on itself you can't really make something that big as and have it work under gravity unless you've invented some some incredible new type of material and it, it, the real reason we know that it isn't is that it's is, is a certain weight and you can tell what weight it is by the way that gravity works and the way it orbits us and the way it affects the tides and the math all works out with that so for it to be hollow It'd have to be a hollow object that's pretending to be a solid object. And in which case, how do we know it's hollow? You know, you're <laughs> saying, here's a rock. I think it's a hollow rock that just weighs the same as a regular rock. You know, where, where are you getting this idea from? You know, the, the science points to it just being a big old planet-sized thing that's orbiting the Earth. Question from Ray J. China also said they stopped it raining for the Olympics. What did they augment to do that? They augmented the rainfall, so the rainfall fell earlier. So what you do is like you see rain coming towards you, rain clouds coming towards you. You go over there and you spray silver iodide on the clouds, and that makes the rain actually happen at that point. So you, you, you want to try to stop it raining in a certain location. You try to dissipate the clouds by making them rain somewhere else. You might have already answered this one. Do you think the USO, Uf, USA has crashed UFOs? I'm going with no on that one, but it would be great if they did. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, that would like change the world. That would be such a big thing. And I think the fact that it's, you know, very little is coming out about it kind of indicates just, you know, it's not that big of a thing. It's not actually happening. Because if it was happening, this would be the biggest story in human history. And it would change the world for everyone forever if we had contact with aliens and alien technology. 
And yet, no, we just see this little little news story about it on News Nation and then some follow-up stories and everyone's waiting to see what happens because it, it sounds too too good to be true. It would be good if it's true, but I don't think it is. Marshall G, what do you think about Virginia UFO incident which involved a series of events in 96 when residents of Virginia, Brazil claimed seeing strange mm. creatures and at least one UFO? Oh, it's kind of one of those things a bit like Roswell, I think. Like something happened. Uh, I think it was probably an army exercise. So people were seeing things going on. And then other things happened, like they somebody, some kids saw like a homeless man sleeping by a fence and they thought he was an alien. Uh, and then the story grew in the telling. And, and it's now kind of like a tourist type thing, like uh, uh, Virginia, I think it is. I can't remember how it's pronounced, but this town is is... You know, it has like, it's like Roswell. You go to Roswell, you see these alien cafes. You go to this place, you see similar types of things. And, you know, some people, they've been telling the story for so long, it might kind of become real to them. You know, they think, you know, they remember it differently. You know, these, these three girls, I think they were, who saw what they described as being an alien creature covered in mud uh, may have just been seeing this local homeless guy who was known to kind of lay in that, that location. But, you know, perhaps they... They their memory has kind of grown into a much more a brighter memory of seeing an alien than it was of just seeing an, a, uh, an amorphous shape like with, with arms and legs like sleeping by the fence uh, just because they've been telling the story for so long. And you know, I don't, again, I don't think we do have any evidence there. We just had these eyewitness testimonies from something that happened, I think it was like 20, 30 years ago. Papa Chubby. Mick, what's your opinion on the Mosul orb and other similar orbs? What are they? I think they're probably balloons. These are things were, that have been videoed by uh, government drones. Like The Mosul orb refers to uh, a, a series of photographs from a video, still frames from a video of a silvery sphere moving across the frame, and it was, it was taken by a, a drone. And there was another one that was released by Sean Kirkpatrick in uh, in a hearing. The, I think it was the Senate hearing recently. And it shows an actual video and you see this orb that's zipping across. It looks like it's moving really, really, really fast. But the thing is, it, this orb was being videoed by an MQ-9 Reaper drone, which is this kind of big, badass drone with uh, with an engine uh, and, you know, and wings. It's not like you know a quadcopter. And these drones, they have a cruise speed of about 150 miles per hour. So it's been videoed from something that's moving at 150 miles an hour, but the camera was locked on to this one building because it's doing surveillance of you know suspected like terrorists or insurgents. Uh, and then when this this thing moves through the frame, what's actually happening is actually the cameras flying along 150 miles an hour, focused on this this one thing down here. Uh, and so it's basically the line of sight sweeps through a volume of space and then if there's a balloon just like floating along in that it makes it look like the balloon's moving really really fast i think that's what happened in that particular case question from lloyd what do you think of the video of the giant on the mountain i think the man who filmed it died not long after releasing it yeah that video of a giant on the mountain was is actually a uh, a, a tower like a microwave tower and you can actually go to that location and you can look up and you will see it right there. What happened with that was he was driving along the road and he saw what looked like a figure. And you can see in the video, it looks like a figure with arms and, and legs, well, legs at least, standing on top of the mountain. And so you get this kind of initial illusion. And then you realize if that's a real person, this person would have to be like you know, 80 feet high. 
you know, maybe they didn't think he was 80 feet. I think they thought he was like 20 feet or something. But the actual tower is 80 feet. And then they went back the next day and they tried to see it again. But they went to a little bit further along the road where you couldn't actually see it because it was actually a little bit behind the lip of the mountain. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a radio tower. And uh, that's that's all it is. I mean, you can actually you can go to Google Earth. You can see it in Google Earth. Uh, you can go there yourself. I think it's actually visible in Google Street View. You can go and look at from that position in the road. But yeah, it's just a radio tower. Anna is wondering whether interdimensional beings are fighting for the consciousness of humanity. Um, well, it's kind of hard to say, really. I mean, is there any evidence that interdimensional beings are fighting for the consciousness of humanity? And what would that entail? And how would they be fighting? I mean, would they be fighting amongst themselves somewhere else? Or fighting here so it's kind of one of those hypothetical questions for which you 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 don't really know i mean i guess it's possible but probably not it doesn't sound like a benevolent encounter scenario to me jeffrey is asking how reliable is the american sources though if ufos are supposed to be free-flying things then surely they could land anywhere yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, I mean, you see talking there about the the uh, the whistleblower type things, and it, one of the things there is that apparently they are retrieving crashed UFOs. Like, why are they crashing all the time? And that's kind of a good question. If they can, they've got the technology to fly here from other stars. Why are they crashing all the time? You know, we've we have one flying ship on another planet right now. We have a small helicopter on Mars. And that's been there for quite a while now. Uh, and it's not crashed. It's done fine. <laughs> and it's our first try. Our first try at a flying machine on another planet. And we, we're, we're, we're nailing it. Whereas these other alien civilizations have been around for millions of years. And they fly over here and they start crashing left, right and center. And then abandoning their ships. So it doesn't really make any sense. Angela's got a bit of a softball question for you here. Oh. What, she's asked, what do you think of the flying saucers that they sell in sweet shops? Uh, the ones with the little uh, sherbet inside? Yeah, yeah, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more of a solid question here from Seagull. And are you still there, Mick? Mick's frozen. I think the flying saucers, the flying saucer question has, has killed Mick. Let's remove him because we've run out of time anyway. <laughs> We're 15 minutes behind. We're, oh, Mick's oh, back. I, I popped We're back 50. in. <laughs> Mick, Mick, we're, fi we're running right, 15 minutes behind the questions that have come in and we've run oh, out yeah. of time. Um, you're an absolute brilliant sport. You've fielded all these questions wonderfully. You, you've, you know, you've not said you're not aware of this or that. You've absolutely known 98% of uh, these scenarios and sightings so a credit to you for your research and your Thank candor you. can you just let the viewers please know where they can find you and support you if they would like to do so yeah if you want to follow me on youtube uh, i'm just at mick west on youtube or i've got a website called metabunk.org or if at mick west all right thanks mick and we're going to be bringing the next guest in now so take care wherever you are right, in the world and i hope if, if the aliens do come that they are rather nice to you cheers yeah yeah my fingers crossed <laughs> bye bye <laughs>